Today on the Habs Forum, it is the season five uh, premiere of the Habs Forum. Can't believe we've been doing this for five years, but the camp is finally underway. I mean, rookie camp's almost over, but uh, the big boy camp is is happening right now. It's it feels like hockey's back. It's cold in the streets of Montreal. I love to see it. I've been sleeping like a baby. I hate the summer. I mean, I don't hate the summer, but I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm happy that it's cold. There's so much to talk about where to begin. There's already an injury bug hitting camp in Montreal, of course. Uh, there's been some moves since the last podcast. A former, I would call Habs great, has uh, has retired. And, you know, let's, let's just look ahead of this season. Of course, I mean, how can I forget? Nick Suzuki, I mean, we saw it coming, but officially named the captain of, uh, of the Montreal Canadiens. So, I mean, really, uh, where to start, Dustin? I guess we should probably, since we didn't do a podcast over the the rookie camp, let's uh, let's go over the that a little bit. And uh, I mean, of course, everyone was excited to see Slavkovsky. You might as well just talk about him a little bit. Only played two games, but I mean, he looks pretty good in those two games. I mean, obviously, even though he's one of the younger guys there, he is the biggest body there when it comes to the rookie camp. And uh, you you could tell, you could really tell. Oh yeah, definitely not. He's 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 massive, right? I mean, he's all. I think he's already, if I'm not mistaken, the heaviest forward in the NHL. Yeah, I, if like I'm not the, mistaken, he was fifth heaviest, but then Chara retired, so I think he's like top four now. But is there, is there concerns there because he is heavier than he was when he was drafted? Like he gained a lot of weight in the off season, and there is like I'm sure it's mainly muscle mass and all that from like you know he seems like the type to be taking it seriously and all that. There is something to be said. There's been players in the past who try to add bulk and it slows them down. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely always a always a concern. Like like you said, even if it is muscle. I mean, it, it, regardless if it's muscle or fat, it's still going to slow you down to a certain extent. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, he didn't. He definitely didn't seem slow. I mean, just no, on the sure. pass that he had on the shorthanded goal by Philip Massar in the first game. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he he beat the guy easy with lots of speed. So true. You know, it obviously, you know, it 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 kind of seemed, and and obviously, you know, he he didn't have as much to prove as a lot of the other players. And he didn't necessarily like you. You could see. I don't the know. Talent. You could you could say both ways with that. I, I get that what you're saying that he doesn't have as much to prove because he he kind of like he's for sure going to be at the the big camp most of the time. You 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 play some. You, he should at least play some games in the NHL to start the year. Maybe they end up sending him back uh, to maybe maybe they send him to AHL at some point, like depending how things are are going. But there is. I mean, if you're a proud person, you're walking in there as the first overall pick, far from being the consensus for first overall pick. We all know that. I feel like you do have a lot of pressure every time you're putting that jersey on, and like you know, all eyes are on you. And I think I think you look great. Like it didn't seem to, to phase him. No, he he definitely he looked pretty good. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think online there was a lot of people that. We're disappointed. I don't. I, I'm thinking everybody who thought he was, everybody in the media and, and maybe some fans thought he was going to score five goals each game. Oh, but uh, you know, it, it it is it was it is what it is. And you know, Ken Hughes said when he drafted him that he wasn't going for the best. He did, he was he didn't want to draft the best players as an 18 year old. He wanted to draft the best players as a 22, 23, 24 year old. Right. Yeah. And I mean that was kind of the thing with Slavkovsky. Yes, he's a big body guy, but. Not not that he's a project necessarily, but I I mean I don't think he's necessarily a slam dunk to play in the NHL next year either. But you know he he looked all things considered I thought he looked pretty good in the camp. 
he, I think at times, not, not that he didn't have anything to prove, but I think there was other players on the team, at least on the Canadians that had more to prove than, than he did. And he seemed to, to maybe try to do a little bit too much sometimes. Like he'd come into the zone by himself and try to deke around four players. Didn't quite work out, but, uh, but no, I I thought, you know, all things considered, he looked pretty good. Uh, I think some, a lot of people, probably, especially the media were a little bit too harsh on him. And, you know, you're not going to learn that much from two games in a no, rookie showcase. No. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't see the, the point of being uh, being harsh on him. I mean, like, what, what do you expect in this uh, in, in these first few few, few games? But that, that is probably going to be the biggest adjustment for him. Like, although he like he, he, he was playing at it's not like he was playing at a super low level before joining the NHL. But maybe he he's in the past been in a situation where he's been able to kind of go one V four and come out, you know, on top and. I mean that didn't work in the rookie camp, and it, it definitely is not going to work in the NHL. I can uh, tell you that much. Definitely not in the in his in his first season. So maybe that he just needs that to happen to him a few times. And and really, what we need to see is that he learns from this stuff, right? And then he's ready to kind of soak it all in and, t- and take everything from the coaches and the the all, all all the talk about player development being a big deal for this new management, right? It's really with Slavkovsky is the first really big big test for that and we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes but attitude wise he seems to be you know i have no concerns there he seems to be willing to put in the work uh, he seems to have a positive attitude and I, I, I he doesn't seem like the type he's gonna you know think he's too good to, to, to listen to the coaches or anything like that so i i, I really i i'd be shocked if he doesn't play in, in the nhl this year honest because you mentioned he's not a lock i mean he's if he's not a lock he's like 90 percent you know yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think they're not like for sure. He's going to play some games, at least in Montreal. Yeah. Um, is he going to start? Is he going to start maybe in Laval? I mean, who knows? Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's even, you know, like like we saw with Cole Caulfield last year where he starts in the NHL. And maybe if it doesn't go as well as is we would have hoped, then he goes down to Laval. Yeah. It is uh, nice know, that he has the flexibility of going to Laval, right? It's not like he's like a college player or what have you. Actually, I guess college is not a good example because he wouldn't be at camp. But you know, you know what I mean. Like he doesn't have to go back to junior, right? At worst, he goes to Laval. I do, I do like that. That that that's. I think that's what's best for him because, especially with his body type, you know, you you wouldn't need him to go back to junior. He should be playing with men. Oh no, no, for sure, for sure, exactly. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it it would be interesting to see him in the AHL too. I mean, obviously, you know, if if he does play with the Canadians, I don't think at least not to start, he's probably not going to get top minutes. Yeah, I mean, if he went if he went down to Laval, then certainly he'd be getting top minutes, power play time. Uh, and selfishly, I want to go time. watch him for cheap at the in Laval. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, you mentioned it, like you probably have a, a sold out crowd too for for Laval if he if he's oh, playing for sure. Yeah. That'd be a dream for them. But yeah. you know, you, you said that you you'd hope he learned some things from the uh, from the rookie showcase. Like one one of the things that I definitely hope he learned was that um, I don't I don't know if you well, I'm sure you remember where he got hit like right in the middle of the ice. Yeah. He had yeah. His head down. Uh, yeah, I really hope like obviously nothing happened and everybody had a good laugh at the uh, at the Devils. Pl- uh, I think it was no, was it the Devils? No, the I, Buffalo player. Yeah. But uh, if he does that in the NHL or the AHL, he's probably going to get lit up. And and the thing is too is like that guy, you could tell he was looking for him, right? He's trying to. He wants to knock out the first overall pick to kind of make a name for himself. That that's what that was. 
I mean, I did love that he kind of just stood his ground and it was like nothing happened, but I see what you mean. Like if someone, there are other players, like we just talked about how he's one of the heaviest, but there's other tall players in the NHL and we've seen so many hits like that, you know, really have a big toll on players' careers. So yeah, that's uh, (laughs) a... Keep your head up, kid. Like you're, you're the first overall pick. There's lots of players out there looking for a reason because they know if they lay you out, that's you know making the top of a, of a sports center. And the, the players do care about that. They they like especially the 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 more kind of the the less flashy players. You know the guys that don't necessarily score a lot of goals, but maybe they can lay a big hit. They're they're, they're looking for their opportunity that that big hit that's going to make him you know hit, hit the headlines and everything. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so hopefully he he learned his lesson on that one. Uh, I am loving, however, that it's the the whole connection with uh, him and uh, Mazar. Mazar. How do you say his name? Is it Mazar? Uh, Masar. Masar. I mean, I know like we shouldn't draft someone just because we also just drafted his buddy. I get that, but Masar's looked good, first of all, in his own right. Yeah, I think he's looked pretty good. But I love seeing if you watch any of the kind of the 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 stuff that the Habs put out like on Instagram and Twitter and all that and just kind of to get close to the fans and stuff like that. They're they're so close and you got to think that that helps them as rookies from like not just rookies but coming from a different country where you know English isn't their first language and they have each other to just kind of help them get through everything. I wouldn't be surprised if it helps Slavkovsky's progress, honestly. And even Weidman talked about it today. Uh, John Liu had, had, had his, uh, his quote, how he loves seeing the, them. It's like his little buddy. It's Batman and Robin running around out there. I mean, I, I love that vibe, right? It's, it's just after such a negative year last year, just to have that type of like positivity around the locker room. I'm, I'm definitely for it. Oh yeah, definitely. For sure. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to help them, you know, sort of integrate, um, here and, you know, give them a buddy, uh, you know, potentially maybe Massar, who knows, you know, at this point it looks like he may, maybe goes to Laval. He, his OHL rights are owned by, uh, by the Kitchener Rangers. So it's, it's sort of up in the air where he might go, but potentially they both end up le- end, uh, ending up in Laval. Maybe Massar's in Laval, Slavkovsky's in Montreal, you know, they're yeah. obviously not too far away. They can, get acclimated to the city. Um, yeah, you know what? I mean, when, when the Habs drafted Massar, you know, to be honest, I didn't really know much about him. I wasn't too crazy about the pick, but yeah, he was really impressive. I thought during the, uh, during yeah. the rookie showcase, you know, played, played some on the wing, played even at center. I mean, he probably even looked better at center, quite frankly. And yeah, he, he looked really good. He was, I thought he was one of the best Habs. It's easy to forget that he's also a first round pick, right? Cause usually even if, if the, 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 the first round picks for the Canadians are, are kind of in the twenties. They they still come into camp and they're making the headlines. Everyone's paying attention to them. It it might help him also, like that. You know, he happened to be the second first round pick for the team, and Slavkovsky being first overall is getting all the headlines. I feel like almost no one's talking about Masar unless he does something good and then he gets mentioned, which is great. But he he has all the opportunities to to prove himself uh, on this team. Obviously, he's not making the team this year or anything like that. But I, I think it might end up being a, being a great pick and. Who knows? Maybe this uh, this next draft will get the uh, the Slovak center, and then we can have a full line of uh, of a few future All Star Slovaks on the Canadians. I mean, definitely hoping for Connor Bedard. I mean, I'll take another winger, but uh, yeah, I'm but not yeah. gonna. I'm I'm assuming we're not getting first overall two years in a row. Okay, I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna focus on the other guys that are there's there's like three good centers, like top five centers in in the draft. I, we don't. I'd love Bedard. I'm going to assume we're not going to get him. 
Yeah, pro- probably not. But uh, I mean, we're probably going to be pretty bad this season. So who knows? I, I, I don't disagree. But there's always there's the lottery. Obviously, there's a. I mean, I think I think if the Canadians win the lottery two two times in a row, I think there's a few fan bases that are going to riot. I, 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 which would be hilarious, of course. Dude, Gary Bettman's gonna have a mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The halves get Bedard. <laughs> oh man, oh man, just, just, like, just to see his face when they announce <laughs> it two years in a row. I mean, I think that should be worth it for for everyone. <laughs> uh, but I think the the other two big names, at least the ones that I noticed uh, at uh, at the camp, were, um, oh geez, I was about to say uh, uh, Owen Beck. Owen Beck looks fantastic, and I, I I asked you before the we started how to pronounce his last name. What's his Arbor? Arbor Jack High. It's Jack High. Yeah, Jack High. I mean, I'm loving the the memes about X gonna give it to you, you know, because <laughs> his, his last name starts with an X and he's just a big hitter. I love that. But those two, I mean, he he mainly stood out for the big hits and all that. But those two, like, they're still looking pretty pretty solid and great prospects for the Canadians. And Owen Beck, man, looking like an absolute steal. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can really argue that he was the best player for the Habs. Um, yeah. You know, he, I, I thought he was. He had a better show showcase than uh, than than Slavkovsky and Masar. I mean, Owen Beck did absolutely everything. You know, he's he he created offensive a lot of offense for his line, no matter who, and he played with you know a bunch of different line mates, and always you know, essentially his line was always the best line. Um, great in the defensive zone, and I mean, great on faceoffs too, which obviously we all know is something that the Canadians are sorely lacking. Oh man, faceoffs. Yeah, sure. yeah so, he's one, of, and he just like, seems yeah. like such a sure bet. I mean, if I had to put money on anyone having a, a, a solid career in the NHL, like I'm not saying he's going to be a top line guy or anything, but I, I, I feel like he, he has a very, very high chance of being uh, at the very least. A very good third line center for years in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he definitely seems like a like a like a sure bet to make the NHL. Um, you know, I, I probably not going to be a top line guy, but absolutely a middle six guy, solid defensively, can win you faceoffs. He, he's definitely looks like he at worst is going to be that, and you know, he's he's going to have a long NHL career ahead of him, certainly. Hopefully and, in Montreal. All those. What years. about uh? What about what about Arbor? Uh, I'm just gonna call him by his, by his first name. Is he uh? Like, is he more than just a big hitter? Like, do you think he has? Because there's 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 room on on the back end, right? Like, uh, unless the Canadians, I I think the Canadians are going into this camp, you know, with a few holes on defense, and depending on how the young guys do, they'll decide if they go sign someone else to kind of fill those spots. But do you think he's one of the guys that might compete for a spot, or is is a bit a little bit too early for him? It's definitely too early. Like the people, like I know Habs Twitter, everybody on Habs Twitter, and again even the media too, they always get carried away, are like so blown away by him. That, I mean, know. there's not a lot to be excited about this year, Dustin. Okay, give well, us a true. chance. We just want to see a guy. If we're gonna lose. Let's at least have a guy that's skating around trying to knock people out all over the ice. Okay, at least that'll be fun. No, he he's definitely not making the team. I mean, maybe he gets a game or two at some point with the Habs, but uh, but no, he's he's gonna go to Laval. Um, you know, he's gonna be, you know, I mean, probably second or third pairing guy. He'll get he'll get some PK time down there. Um, I, I mean, I th- I think he's got potential, but like he's got a lot of work to do. He's a very obviously he's got the body, the, f- the physical yeah. there's is not an issue. Uh, but he's got a he's got 
definitely a lot of work to do. He's he's going to be a bit of a project. And I mean, let's let's not forget he was undrafted. He's a guy that's six foot yeah. whatever forty four, um, and he's undrafted. There's a reason for that. You know, he, he he's a project. But uh, I mean, he's he's looking like a steal right now as a free agent signing. And I'm really he's one of the guys that I'm really excited to see what he can do in Laval next well, year because that was at the, at the very least he's going to make Laval very exciting. He might become at the, I feel like worst case scenario he's a, a fan favorite in Laval for a few years. I absolutely. And I mean, he is something, you know, a, a physical defense, big physical defenseman like that is something Laval sorely, sorely missed last season. And mm-hmm. and really the, the reason that they got eliminated in the playoffs was because of that. They got completely physically outmatched by uh, by Springfield. And now you add a guy like him, you add a guy like Gianni Fairbrother. I mean, they're, they're going to be a much harder team to play against. And, and those two guys, I'm really looking forward to watching them. And he, and he, he, I mean. Well, Gooley's gonna make the team. Come on now. Yeah, well, probably. I I feel like you really really have to have a bad camp to not make the, the make the team. There's there, there's not enough defensemen. There, we need the defensemen to actually play. Like I know we want to lose, but you have to have at least six dressed every game. I mean, it's I, I mean I'd be I'd be shocked. I really think you have to have a really bad camp. But anyways, outside of the guys we've talked about, anyone else that stood out for the rookie camp, or was that really the main main group for you? For me, it was definitely those guys were, were the biggest ones. I mean, you know, maybe sort of an honorable mention, I would say, to uh, Zadie Simonu, who was a sixth-round pick last year. Uh, you know, basically when the Habs drafted him, he was, I think it was 20 year, or 19 or 20 years old when they drafted him. So it was two years after his, his draft year. But, you know, when they drafted him, he's obviously very small. He's five foot seven, um, put up a lot of points in the queue every year that he was there. And, uh, you know, they're expecting him to go to Laval and, and essentially hoping that he's going to be a Harvey Pinov at 2.0, essentially. And he, he looked really good. He scored uh, two or three goals. I forget. But uh, he, he looked really good. And he was he was flying all over the ice. So he, he's going to be another guy that it's going to be exciting to watch in Laval next year. And they're going to have a hell of a team next year, Laval. Yeah. I mean, at, 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 the, at the least, I think that that'll be a fun team to, to watch. But I, I really can't wait to see the first few cuts because – how many players did they invite to camp? Like seventy-three or something like that. It seems. I think like seventy-seven a, players. <laughs> it, it's a lot, right? It's more than usual. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely definitely more than usual. But the but the thing about it is that now obviously they have the Laval Rocket, but they, they also have the Trois-Rivières Lions. So a lot right. of uh, essentially anybody that that that's even signed with the Lions are there. So I mean that's that's why you have that many players and there's a lot of a lot of players um, you know they, they were even at the rookie showcase that were tryouts got brought over too so yeah you know I, I guess they just want to have as many bodies as possible but it's fair enough but, but ha- you you, have- you got to think the first few cuts are going to see a lot of people get cut oh yeah it's it's going to no, for gonna sure get a lot it's it's just a matter of uh, you know I think getting getting uh, you know the players on the rocket and also the lions as much playing time as possible and also you know maybe maybe some guys that the rocket or even the lions are looking to sign potentially For you know sure. they're, they're they want to get an early look at them all right i mean good stuff i mean it's it's where we are as a team right we've got to be excited about the rookie camp and the and the the, the ahl team and the ECHL team but at least it's uh it's looking good, good on that front but uh, I mean, let's talk about. Uh, I should have looked this up before the podcast, but uh, Nick Suzuki. He's the how manyth captain to, in the Canadians? I can't remember off the top of my head, but hey, we we all saw it coming. Nick Suzuki, new captain of the Montreal Canadiens, definitely deserved it. I had to feel a little bit though. Like, did they need Gallagher to be there for the photo op? 
because I know Gallagher's been beat up over the years and, you know, maybe he can only smile so much, but I don't know. I, I feel like there was some pain in those eyes. You got to think like deep down, he knows that, you know, he, he kind of missed his, his turn because you know Weber was there and all that. And he wasn't going to get to see with how things are going with, with his career. But still, I feel like, you know, yeah, it is a little sad. It. You know, it so is like, how long have we been talking about that? Oh, the next captain of the Habs, definitely Gallagher. Like before Weber was named, like 10 years. before or Weber was named, people, people were talking oh, yeah. about Gallagher could be because Weber was fairly new to the team and all that. Like obviously Weber, like he's known as he was known as one of the best leaders in the NHL. It was never not going to be Weber, but like if it wasn't for the Weber acquisition, like Gallagher is almost guaranteed to be the captain of this team. And I just, I mean, do you know the picture I'm talking about? Like it's it's the three of them. I think it's Edmondson, Suzuki, and Gallagher. Yes. Maybe maybe Byron's there. Too, I'm not sure. And just Galley, just <laughs> I don't know, man. I just he just looks like he's not doesn't want to be there. Like I'm sure he's happy for Suzuki. Like I'm not trying to create anything here, but it just seems like that's a tough tough situation for him to be in in that in that in that specific moment, you know. Uh, it's it's got to be for sure, you know. I mean, yeah, it it definitely can't be easy on him. I mean, potentially, you know, who knows what happens? Maybe his time in Montreal is 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 winding down a little bit too. Yeah. Dealt with some injuries. Obviously, last year didn't have the season that that you know we we, we typically expect of Brendan Gallagher. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, right, I, I, I with last year's performance, he has arguably the worst contract in the NHL. So, yeah, <laughs> that's to be honest. Like, let's, let's yeah, you know, it's it's true. But I I, I think he, he can definitely ba- I, like I'm not expecting him to score 30 goals, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I think he can definitely bounce back and and you know hopefully get maybe 20. I think so too. I think so too. But I, I just part of me like I love Galli and I, I would hate to see Galli in a different jersey. But at the same time, I feel like his kind of time is wasted in Montreal right now. You know, he maybe can bounce back and have a few more years where he's like a productive player on a team. But it's going to be wasted here, right? Like I think if he was somewhere that had a lot more offensive depth, and then he could be a bit more of a. But the problem is this contract, right? So I don't know even where they could they could find that fit for him, but. And we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone anyone on the Habs fan base that we're rooting for more than for Gallagher to have a bounce back season. We'd all love to see it. I mean, regardless of like the whole like tanking for Bedar and all that, you want to see Gallagher. I mean, it's just I really don't want his career to really fizzle out and have to watch him for like another like five years getting worse and worse. I mean, that'd just kind of be sad, you know. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, I I wouldn't be too surprised if if you know if he can have even remotely a bounce back season here, if he can score twenty goals, you know, maybe if the if the Canadians take some of the salary. Maybe Oof, do, do you want to retain salary when there's four years left though? I don't know. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, again, we'll have to see how he bounces back. I mean, it's. I, I think it could happen. It could, it could. I mean, I, I'm, I'm rooting for it for sure. But anyways, so so Nick Suzuki, the new captain, definitely deserves it. I mean, is there anything else to say about it? I mean, the one thing that really bugged me, though, about the whole captain announcement is how they tried to bury the whole RBC nonsense on the jersey. Like, they announced it the same day, which was within hours of it. And, like, oh, look, I get it. Every NHL team has, has a, sp- a sponsor. But we have... I haven't seen another jersey, unless I've missed it, that looks worse than ours. We have the worst ad. on, Like, the Leafs one looks arguably good. 
it's just milk in like cursive re- letters and it th- there's no extra colors like there's no added color because of the patch right it's if it if they're wearing a blue jersey the milk's in white and if it's a white jersey the the milk's in blue the canadians have like the a ugly big blue patch with a yellow that has no business on a habs jersey on t- it's just no, it's just horrible and i mean if you're a leafs fan i mean how can you hate milk <laughs> And it's it's nutritious, it's delicious. But RBC, on the other hand, yeah, no, it looks it looks really stupid. I, um, you know, it. I mean, I, I I don't know that there's really a solution. Unfortunately, there I mean, is like, a RBC, solution, man. Like there was literally the day they announced it. If you go on the subreddit, the, it, within an hour of it being announced, a guy made a quick mock-up of how it could look better. And it, you could st- the, the, look like we're, I'm not even going to argue that there should be ads on the jerseys. Obviously, that's it is what it is. Every team has it, but like it can be better than this. Is my point, right? Like every other team made an effort for the ad to blend into the jersey. You can still tell that that damn ad is there. Like the patch, like it, re- it reminds me of the Saints Fire Barbecue patch on uh, on yeah, the uh, the Rocket jersey, which makes it look like such an AHL jersey. But whatever, that's the AHL. Like, look, every other team, they, they clearly had a design team that put an effort into it. They literally just took the RBC logo, put it on a big patch, and put it on the jersey. Like, zero effort was put into this. None. Yeah, I know, man. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But that's that's where we are at this point, man. No, like, man, like, it started I, I last the, year with the helmet. This No, but this, that's, fine. Next that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Do a better job with it. Like I feel like if we complain, I, I'm not, I feel like I'm not hearing people complain about it enough. Like it yeah. just, I feel if, if people like shout and complain about it enough, I think we'll get to the point where they'll make a change where it doesn't look as bad. But that's not even. I'm not saying remove the ad. Just make it look better. And it makes me want to boycott RBC. Like my banks with RBC, and this makes me not want to be with RBC. Like g- genuinely, like I'm gonna, I'm, it's gonna have the reverse effect of what they're trying to do with with this with this damn sponsorship. I just, I can't believe it. And it's it seems so silly too that, like every single bank is a sponsor of the Canadians. At that point, what the, what does it mean? It, it means nothing. Like there's the Desjardins section. There's there's a bunch of different banks sponsoring the Canadians. I don't know. It's it, it's so annoying. Uh, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully they figure something out, but. I think they're stuck with it for the next five or six years, if I'm not mistaken. So, <sighs> I mean, like, I, I, okay, maybe they're stuck with the ad, but they can still, they can, they, they can change the way it looks. You, you, there's no way they can't change that. I, I don't but believe. Maybe, that. but, but like, it. Okay, well, obviously, this contract has been signed with RBC. If you're RBC, you probably want it to like pop. No, but. Isn't there something to be said? Like I just said, because yeah. it's such an atrocity, it make to me it, it, it's a bad look on RBC. You know, yeah, if, uh, if it blended it into the jersey in a way, because like the helmet, for example, that the way that it blended into the helmet, you ba- you just forgot about it, and then you, you just started watching the games and you barely noticed that it's there. But the whole idea with ads, you know, it's in your subconscious and you're still noticing it and 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 whatnot. That's with RBC. I'm never gonna get used to that patch. I'm, I'm, I'm it's always gonna stick out like a sore thumb, and I can't imagine anyone out there seeing that patch on the Habs jersey and being like, oh, you know what? 
I think I'm going to switch banks to RBC. <laughs> it is pretty stupid. Like, <laughs> it just makes me angry at RBC. I hate it. I hate it so much. But, like, yeah, there's an uproar now, but let's be honest. In, like, a couple of weeks from now, nobody's going to be talking about it. You're, like, you're, I, okay, maybe you're going to notice it, but we're not going to talk about it. See, I don't think that's necessarily true because I think of someone like my dad who doesn't necessarily, you know, go on social media and all that. Maybe he doesn't even know yet that there's the ads on the – you know what I mean? He, maybe, he might have not even seen it yet. And then the first game, they're announcing the player. They're singing the anthem. And, the, the, like, all these, like, older the fans like that, that, you know, that hold on to the history of the Canadians and all that are going to see it for the first time. And they're going to be like, what the hell is this? So I think at, at, for the home opener and all that, we're going to have, like, a, a, a second uproar. And I, I hope at some point it's going to be enough. There, there's no, there's no way they keep it like this forever. Like it's just, I, I just, I can't, I refuse to believe it. Uh, I hope you're right, but uh, I wouldn't hold my breath. <sighs> God damn it! I mean, uh, I guess so. I guess you're, you're probably let's right. Just hope there's no. I mean, let's just. I mean, like I said, last year was the helmet. Now we have this one. Are we going to have another one next year? I mean, who the hell knows? I mean, how much worse can it get? I, 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 and as much as I hate it, I think I even hate like those digital ads on the on the ice when you're watching that not on the ice but on the yeah on the boards yeah like but like yeah exactly like where they, they kind of shake a little bit. It's yeah, so distracting. It's so distracting. Why? Like why? Like why? I, I don't know. This is it's. I I get it. I understand. That's how they make money. I understand, and I also don't pay to watch the games. I, I watched them on illegal streams, but so I get it. That's a way for them to still get money in a sense, you know, because I'm sure they have an understanding when they're signing these contracts. Oh, we have X amount of viewers, but the X amount of other people are still are watching it also, you know. So, but I don't know. Just yeah, I, there's just, there's a better way of doing it. Man. What was that? Hopefully we don't have any cops as listeners. Oh, yeah. Come knock on my door and we're done. Oh, are you watching the game illegally? Imagine. Uh, all right. Anyway, so I'm more on to, to more uh, good news for the Canadians. We're right back to. So last year was a historically injury plagued season. And now so this is the John Liu tweet for today. Anderson has an upper body injury day to day. Suzuki lower body injury two weeks Edmondson lower body injury out indefinitely Evans upper body injury day to day no change to Monaghan and Price's statuses it's crazy man like I'm looking at like I'm on cap friendly right now on the depth chart and like there's one two three four five six seven nine players right now that have fucking, like the the injury sign like that's crazy and like the Suzuki Edmondson one is they bumped into each other and during practice so ba- like basically on the first day, I'm assuming on the first day, did they just forget that there's other players on the ice? <laughs> they just ran into each other. God damn it. Eric Eric Engels te- tweeted before that he ta- that he saw Brandon Gallagher like passing by and he had uh, I think it was like a cut on his nose or something like that. And <laughs> obviously he asked he asked Brandon Gallagher so what happened? And apparently Chris Weidman when he went to give him a hug punched him in the nose by mistake. <laughs> Like how how can the team already be this snake? Oh, like, oh my god, they're cursed. Go to give someone a hug and you're punched in the nose, man. Like, oh, they're, I mean, I think it's it's the hockey gods really really wanting the Canadian doing everything for the Canadians to get another top pick. You know, they they understand that we need another top pick to to really become a a top tier team in the future. 
and uh, that's it's just what we need to go through. I mean, <laughs> God, there's definitely going to be opportunities for these kids. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like we talked about Masar if he should go to junior or to the AHL. Might as well send him to the AHL because with all the injuries, he'll get some opportunities to have a few games in the AHL. Like we're gonna uh, we're gonna be, might be starting with the abs. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, I mean, but Edmondson is the one that bums me out the most. So I, he was basically out the whole season last year. I, I'm sure he'd like to play, you know. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, and and obviously, I mean, I think the Habs are really depending on Edmondson to be, you know, sort of a really a rock on the on on the D. Yeah. This, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's based well. I mean, with Matheson too on that left side. I mean, but yeah, obviously, really relying on him on him and especially his leadership as well. Yeah, exactly. He is the veteran leader, right? Suzuki's the captain, and I don't want to take away from his leadership, but as far as veteran leadership, it's it's Edmondson, a hundred percent. Yeah, so so definitely hoping that he's going to be back and healthy and and yeah, I mean like you said, I mean he missed most of last season, so it it, it would be unfortunate if he if he starts on IR, but you know it's probably not a not a big thing. Hopefully it's not, but uh, but I guess we'll see. Well, last I mean, year he was out the whole year basically, and we we barely ever got any information on it. And at the I remember yeah, at the beginning but, of the the season last year we thought it was going to be a few weeks, and then he just never came back. Just like it, it took yeah, months. Well, Last season, it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was his dad that passed away, I think, right in well, I, I the offseason. I thought that's what it was, but then there was an actual injury also. It was more than just that. Yeah, he had some – I think he had a procedure on his on his back, um, which which is mm. kind of the concern at this point. You know, if is is it the back again? I mean, hopefully that's not the case. Right. Right. But, um, I mean, the, Martin Saint-Louis said um, – uh, I think it was Martin Saint-Louis. Maybe it was Kent Hughes that said, you know, Nick Suzuki, it's it's minor. Um, and I, from what I saw, I didn't see him say anything about uh, Edmondson. So I don't know. But see, that's the thing. The fact that Suzuki, they specifically thing. said yeah. that it's two weeks, day to day, you know, versus Edmondson out indefinitely. I don't know. When, I, when I'm managing a franchise in NHL and it says out indefinitely, I'm assuming he's out for the whole year. So <laughs> I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but uh, usually it, it means more than a couple of weeks, right? So it sucks. Sucks for him, so because it's always it's never great after, especially after missing so much of last year. You want to be able to, you know, he, he doesn't need camp to prove himself, but he just needs camps to get get, get his legs under him, you know. Yeah, so so hopefully that's not going to be the case. I mean, hopefully he'll be able to to bounce back quickly because yeah, he's he he would definitely be missed on the uh, on the on the defensive side for sure. And uh, yeah, speaking of uh, defensemen. Uh, Former Habs great. I will call him a Habs great. I don't care if people disagree with me. P.K. Subban. I mean, I think he gave us, I mean, at least me, some of the best memories of of being a Habs fan. Uh, when uh, probably of the years, you know, our, our CJEP and, you know, kind of university years where you're just going out and drinking for every single game and, you know, those playoff runs and all that. I just, I feel like I'll never remember. I'll never forget. I should say, uh, the, the, the excitement he brought, you know, I, I just, I literally think of every single game against the Bruins. PK was so exciting. Just, uh, I, and I th- if I'm not missing, I think we have a, uh, a Twitter question about this. Yeah, well, with all the drinking we did, probably maybe we'll never remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily there's YouTube highlights, right? <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, so we did get a question on Twitter. Um, you know, well, yeah, just just asking what some of our favorite PK Subban moments were. 
Uh, I think, I mean, there are so many of them, like yeah. w- ones that come to mind. I mean, you know, when he came out of the penalty box against the Bruins in the playoffs yeah. and, and scored on the breakaway, that, that was, that, that definitely is, is one of them. The, and, that hit on Brad Marchand. I mean, oh yeah, that yeah, is just, it is. I, it's, it, it just not even as a homer pick. I mean, it, it's just known as like one of the best hits of uh, recently years, 100% clean. And just the fact that it's on Brad Marchand, like, is there a more detestable Perfect. player in the NHL? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> it's just so amazing. And it's such like, I miss those rivalry days with the Bruins, right? Like we haven't really had a true rival. I find with the Canadians since those days with the Bruins, I, probably just because the teams haven't, you know, the, if the if the Leafs are at a completely different place, it's always fun to beat the Leafs. Don't get me wrong; it was great beating them in the playoffs. But the the act the the bitter rivalry for every single regular season game, like you couldn't miss a Bruins Habs game. You had to had to sit down and watch it. it. It was so good, and a big part of that was PK Subban. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, so many so so many great moments. I mean, one of the what like the other moment that really comes to mind is. Um, I mean, I guess it didn't really end that that well, but when he tied it yeah. up with like a minute left in yeah. Game Seven, in the first round, they ended up losing anyway. But then, man, I remember that. I remember yeah, and and, and the Bruins went on to win the Cup that year, so we we were that That's close true. to 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 winning. If and I'm not mistaken, is that not when you almost broke your hand because you were so angry you punched the wall <laughs> a bunch? No, that was uh, that was a night when the the hat, they were winning three to one against the Bruins in a game, oh, okay. and, and they ended up losing. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> Point is, you have anger issues. Um, I mean, yeah, usually, usually I'm usually I'm I'm pretty calm and collected, except when it comes to the Habs. Yeah, specifically playoff hockey Habs. Yeah, no, I think uh, I I can relate to that, and I'm probably most of our listeners. And what I want to add too is also maybe one like one of the greatest quotes in sports history. Honestly, I think it's it's probably less well known. Because it's a hockey quote, and hockey is just not as big of a sport as uh, you know the the other ones in the states and all that. But when he said, "I can't wait for the crowd, the noise, the energy in the mil- in the building. I can't wait to take it all away from them." And that was leading to Game Seven against the Bruins, and the Canadians did win that Game Seven against the Bruins. Just that is, that's crazy. Just gives you chills, man. Gives <laughs> so, like. How could you not love? It? And here's the thing too, like there's everything he did outside off the ice. You know, he, even after being traded, and he definitely was bitter about being traded. Like he did not want to be traded. He wanted to stay in Montreal. He still held true to his commitments to the Children's Hospital and all that. Like they tweeted out, they still love him there. So that was like obviously fantastic. You can't fault him for that. And I think the most proud Montreal Canadians that I that I can remember. That that's what that's what bothers me so much of people that like kind of like like retroactively kind of shit on him because there was but and I th- feel like it was mainly because of the arguments with the Weber trade and all that. Let's just forget about that. And in his time in Montreal, no one wore the the, the that jersey with more pride than PK Subban, and that from a Toronto kid too. Yeah, well, I mean, like maybe Gallagher. I mean, I think they're pretty close. But but I, I get what you're saying though. I mean, yeah, yeah. N- nobody nobody should be shitting on PK Subban, like for sure. And, and yeah, I, th- I think it's you know, so the, the Subanistas were a little bit a little annoying back in the day. But yeah. you know, he he never wanted to be traded. Like it's not a it's not a Pacioretty situation where no, exactly. he forced his way out of town. Like nobody exactly. should have ever be- booed PK Subban. And and yeah, he he was amazing when he was with the Habs. 
and you know one of the most uh, like you said i mean one of the most memorable players certainly of of our sort of generation here yeah absolutely and, uh, yeah no definitely sad to see him go for sure and and it's you know, I I wonder too how because like people want to talk about the trade again. I think it's pretty easy to say at this point it's kind of a wash. Like both both teams had a finals run. It just happened later for the Canadians earlier for 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 Nashville and PK. I think slowed down a lot quicker than we thought because of that bad bad uh, back injury and all that that he got. But I part of me does wonder if his career would have been different if he stayed in Montreal because there's there's no denying that there there was something that would happen to him when the bell center crowd was behind him you know he he would get that extra gear and and part of me wonders if he had stayed in montreal if he would have his level of play would have stayed up of course if there's injuries that slow you down and like it, the it doesn't matter that you get you know the crowd the crowd behind you but you know you never know what happens if he doesn't move on and we'll never know but i i would i would love to be somehow able to to see an alternate universe where pk stays in montreal and how his career turns out in that case yeah no for sure it's uh you know it's it's unfortunate but um yeah no it's 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 too bad i mean and and sad sad definitely sad to see him retire you know i mean he's, he's still young but uh to be honest with you, I'm not really that surprised. I kind of, because you know he's obviously got like a deal already yeah. set up with ESPN, and you know he, uh, he probably a deal that would pay him better than the contract he would have signed with an NHL team. Oh yeah, probably. I, was, yeah, I don't think he would have got that much money. Um, yeah, he, he well, probably would have got like a one or two million in the NHL for a couple of years, uh, if that. And ESPN is probably giving him a multi-million dollar deal. You'd think. Oh yeah. No, exactly. So, no, I'm really not that surprised that he retired. But, but again, I mean, sad to see him go for sure. I mean, there are the rumors though that I mean, nothing's been 100% confirmed, but it doesn't seem that surprising that he wanted to play either go for a cup in Toronto, and like I said, he is you know from uh, the area of Toronto. So, he, uh, as a Habs fan, it's hard to accept that that you know someone that a former Habs player that loved playing for the Habs would go to Toronto. But I, I would still understand. Or he wanted to maybe reunite with uh, with Montreal. Maybe he was hoping now that it's not Bergman there anymore that he could uh, come back. But it sounds like the Canadians weren't really interested in signing someone you know as old as him. Were more interested in going more younger for for like because there were, there are there is space for more defensemen on on the Canadians. We've talked about it before. I I I get the decision to not bring back PK Subban, uh, but for me, it's just. We all know this season is not gonna. We're not gonna win this year, you know. So like, part of me is like, why not? It's fun. Let's have PK for one more year. He maybe has one or two flashy little moments, and that's yeah, that. I mean, gotta bury the hatchet before, uh, before, yeah. I mean, before everything, before he retires. It would have. It. I mean, that like obviously it would have been very exciting, um, but I, I think it's just one of those things where. And and not necessarily to, to, to his fault, but but more fault of the media that he it would like he would just would have been the constant focus. It would have been a distraction. Like everybody would have been talking about PK all the time. What's I think PK just at first, PK? honestly, I think at first you're right, but especially if he's on a cheap like like one year, one point five million dollar contract, there's no pressure. Like, what is the media gonna say? He's not worth his contract when he's getting paid the same as. Chris Weidman, like I don't like. Come on. No, no, but I mean, you know, they would have been talking about it all the time, and and I mean, again, let, let's let's not forget. I mean, on the right side, they have Justin Barron, who they're who they're like. Well, first of all, veteran wise, you have Chris Weidman, 
um, and you have David Savard. And then, I mean, you know, you, you also have Justin Barron, who you want to hopefully take a step. Jordan Harris, as well as probably, I mean, he's a left-handed defenseman, but he's probably going to be playing at least a little bit on the right side. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of young guys. I'm a little surprised Toronto wouldn't have taken him, to be honest with you. I mean, they're... Yeah. Their defense could probably... I'm Like, I'm looking at their depth chart right now. I don't know how, like, reliable... Well, I mean, it's cap-friendly, so it should be pretty reliable. They only have one right-handed defenseman right now. We we don't know how much money, I guess, PK wanted. Like, we're just hearing rumors, so you can't imagine it'd be that much. But, yeah, I, I have a hard time understanding that, too, uh, for uh, why, why Toronto wouldn't, wouldn't take him. But I, at the same time, I'd, I'd much rather see PK Subban... Behind an ESPN desk in, in the Leafs jersey, I think that'd be hard for me to. Oh, that would have sucked. That, yeah. that to, to accept, you know, I kind of don't want to see that. Uh, bad enough that uh, we we saw Plex in a in a Leafs jersey, but um, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what what he does at uh, at ESPN. He already did a little bit last year. He had the, that segment with uh, uh, what's the Stephen A. who uh, is uh, quite the character, and he stayed ca- cool, calm, and collected. Like I was worried he was going to try to be the the hockey version of Stephen A. Smith. I'm I'm very happy that's not the route he went, and I hope he d- that doesn't turn into that. But uh, I mean, at this point, I think he'll be a better, you know, whatever he does on TV than he would have been in the NHL, given how much he slowed down. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely got a, a solid career ahead of him in in the media for sure, no doubt. Um, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, we we already saw it. I, I think it was last playoffs. Um, you know, he did he did a little bit of work. I don't know if it was for ESPN or what, but I mean, and and he looked really good. I mean, obviously he's got the charisma for it. He's he's a smart guy, charming guy. So I think he's he, he's obviously going to do a great job. And and we know that the the American market. That, that's why I kind of hope he's because I saw some people commenting like, oh, maybe he could. They're they're gonna bring him at CBC. And he's gonna have his the the new coach's corner kind of thing. You know, have a new character after a few years without uh, Don Cherry. But I, I I hope he stays in the states because the states need all the help uh, they can get to grow the game in uh in America. And I think PK PK Subban's the kind of personality and all that really lends itself well to the to the style of uh, of television in uh, in the states and how how they do sp- sports broadcasting over there. We tend to be a little bit stuck up here, which I, which I don't love, but it's not like we need any help growing the game in Canada, right? You know, we're already obsessed with it. So, uh, I, I I I hope he sticks to ESPN, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I hopefully, hopefully, and and I'm sure he will. I mean, uh, I think yeah, he could definitely be a good ambassador for the game in the in the states and. Like I said, I mean, he's he, he's definitely got the charisma for it, so I'm sure he's he's going to be a great addition to ESPN for sure. All right, and uh, I think we have one more question from our friends at uh, from Failing Hands from Flailing Yeah, Hands. So John John from Flail, uh, from Flailing Hands uh, asks, so what, what are some reasonable expectations um, for this season? Uh, so that's a, that's a good question. Um, uh, you want to go first? I mean, sure. I mean, my my first thought for I feel I have no expectations when it comes to uh, at the team level. Like I'm much more f- focused on the individual level for for that because I just don't see there being much going on. Like I think they'll be better than last year, uh, but they'll obviously still miss the playoffs and be kind of probably a bottom seven or eight team. But my focus is more on guys like like if Sofkowski makes the seat, makes the team, I think we could realistically see him get something like 15 goals. Which would be, I think, would be fantastic. Maybe another another jump for for Suzuki, a full year of Caulfield with uh, 
with, uh, with Martin St. Louis as his coach. I mean, I'd love to see Caulfield score, you know, how many, how many did he end up with last year, actually? I, I don't want to say something that's too too ridiculous, but I feel like he can get like a pretty high level. Uh, 23? Who's yeah. to say he can't get to 30, 35, you know? Damn, 35. That's, right. I mean, he got 23 last year, and he had two mid-year, midway through the year. That's true. That's, that's that's not crazy. So that, that's that's what I'm focused on. I I hope to see the young guys progress, and also like the the defensemen, right? I I hope to see, and I think we will at least one of the young defensemen, whether it's Baron Harris or uh, Gooley, have a really 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 strong year, a really strong year. Uh, I mean, who knows? It could be more than one, but we're gonna see at least one of them have a a great year and establish himself as like kind of a future kind of a cornerstone, a cor- cornerstone for the, for, for the defensive core for, for years to come. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't think anybody is realistically expecting the Habs to make the playoffs next season. No. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's sort of like last season where, you know, the, the goal for the season is just to, to, to progress, you know, get, get better, um, hopefully win some games, you know, and then get, get not to not have like that losing culture, like the Oilers had back in the day. But um, yeah, yeah, you want to see the kids progress. Uh, I don't know that the, the Habs are going to be as bad as some people think. I mean, I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league. Um, no, it's definitely going to be Arizona. I think everyone agrees Arizona is going to be the worst team in the league. Or Chicago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think they definitely finished top 10. Or sorry, no, bottom, like bottom 10. Bottom 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah bottom 10. Um, you know, everybody seems to think they're going to finish bottom five. I think they'll do a little bit better than that. But the thing about it is, and that, like, they'd have to stay healthy. Because I yeah, mean, this, this sure. team, like, it's, like forward, I like, there's a lot of depth at forward. 100%. You know, but, it like, on D, like, one injury to D is just going to be catastrophic. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if Edmondson, Pets, if Edmondson is out... Uh, long term, it's, be, it's that's basically huge. that was the big probably the biggest thing from last year. I mean, of course, it was price and all that, but I mean, Edmondson just that's not having that stability on the back end the whole the whole year. I I, I am excited to see what Matheson can do, but man, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if like if Edmondson's gone long term, forget about it. Oh man, yeah, one or two injury to the D, and, and all of a sudden we're we're fighting, uh, you know, for Bedard again. And same thing in Nets. I mean, like Jake, I I feel okay with Jake Allen, but I mean, if 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 it's Moltambo that has to become your number one goalie, your, your again, boy, your boy Moltambo, you're always uh-huh. uh, you're always acting like he's not as bad as he is. You know, he was he was the leader of he was the tank commander last year. <laughs> He's not as bad as people seem seem to think he is. He's not. He's obviously. He's yeah. He's like a 2.5 goalie basically. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is, is he. You can't have Montembeau when in front of Montembeau is one of the worst defensive units in the team. Is is the main thing, right? Like if he was, I think he could be an okay backup on a team that is actually has good defense. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He could be an okay backup. But again, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I I think we can all probably agree that we just want one more top three, top five pick, right? But that's then, the thing. You know, is, is it going to be like stressful watching the games if we start winning too many and then we're, we're like in that kind of middle zone where we're going to end up with like the like ninth I, pick, you know? I don't think we have to worry about that. <laughs> about yeah, that. Maybe not. I doubt it. And, you know, I mean... I, 
you know, the thing is, that, yeah, it's going to be, we had a rough year last year. This is going to be probably another really rough year, but I think next year, I think is going to be a lot better. I mean, you I know, mean, we got some guys coming off the books. Yeah. 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 That, that's big. But like, I don't know. I don't think we're, we're ready to be, uh, maybe, maybe we're fighting potentially for a playoff position next year. It depends on the other teams in the division too. But my main thing, like we talked about last year being horrible for me, the first half of last year was horrible. It, it was miserable, and we barely won more in the second half, but it was so much less miserable, right? It, like, like um, obviously, I'm talking specifically when Saint Louis took over as as the coach, and it, it, we there's a, there's a difference. I realized last year that there's a big difference between like in and how you lose and how it feels to watch the games with depending how you lose it was miserable watching the games last year i don't think it's just because the expectations were a bit higher because of the finals like if we go back and listen to the podcast last year even during the the finals run i remember being like we better enjoy this right now because we're not making the playoffs next year like it's not like i didn't expect the the, the haves to be last but I, I definitely expected them to be pretty bad last year but it, it's more than that. It was miserable to watch them play in, in, when when Deshaun was still the the coach. If we have a full year of what what the second half was with Saint Louis, was seeing got Caulfield score like twenty goals in that, that small amount of time, and the young guys progressing, the young guys getting actual opportunities and all that, I've, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. It's 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 what we're here for. I just. I just can't deal with whatever the first half of last year was, which was the worst experience watching the Canadians I think I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think they're going to be an exciting team to watch. Again, I mean, they definitely have the offense, uh, at least in my opinion, to score some goals. Um, and, you know, like last season, they're probably going to give up a, yeah. a boatload of goals too. So it's going to be uh, high-scoring games. All right, good stuff. I mean, as always, thank you for uh, for the questions. You can uh, ask uh, more at, at the Habs Forum on Twitter. Also the best way to know when uh, we're going to record another podcast. I think that does it for uh, for this episode. Is there anything else you wanted to, to cover that I didn't think of? No, that's pretty much. I mean, uh, pretty much it. Looking forward, obviously, to uh, the training camp now. And, uh, and yeah, we should be should be back with regular podcasts now that the the Habs are finally back. Yeah, for sure, for sure. M- much more much more regular now that uh, – that the training camp is underway. I can't wait to see that first round of cuts and really start to see what the the team's going to look like. So, as always, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.